Welcome and thanks for listening. My name is Christian Buckley and you're listening to the Collab Talk podcast. In this episode, I'm talking with Audrey Workman, Senior Manager, Integrated Care Program Performance at DaVita Kidney Care on the topic of collaboration patterns within the healthcare industry. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Collab Talk podcast, where we discuss the convergence of technology, business productivity, and collaboration culture. And my guest today is Audrey Workman, Senior Manager of Integrated Care Program Performance at DaVita Kidney Care. She is also a junior lecturer at the University of Minnesota School of Public Health, where she completed her master's in health administration. She's also the oldest of four children one of my four children in fact so welcome audrey my my <laughs> favorite daughter she's yeah, my only, I, my only hope, daughter folks yeah <laughs> yeah i hope i can at, at least retain that title for the a, rest a of favorite my life. daughter <laughs> yes yeah, i i hope so too if you jumped <laughs> off that list you know you did something wrong <laughs> Yeah. Success yep. really in days and, and you know, like forgotten in a row or something or other, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're talking today on why I asked invited Audrey to be on is because uh you know, one, you know, in, in my field, I you know, work across a number of industries. I work for a software uh, provider within the collaboration technology technology space at point. We provide horizontal solutions. Well, we do have some industry-specific solutions that we have built and we have more that we're planning to release uh, some this year, in fact. Um, it, it's it's always great to, to go in and do kind of a deep dive into some of these key industries. And healthcare is one of the biggest out there. I know that, you know, in the Microsoft ecosystem, for example, I mean, there's tremendous investment done in uh, you know, working with clients and, uh, and developing and, uh, uh, you know, modifying solutions to for the healthcare industry, um, just like the other sectors, leading sectors, like public sector. So, you know, government, uh, for example, manufacturing is huge. Um, um, anyway, so other industries that are out there, you can list off a bunch of those. So uh, I'm, but I'm interested in digging in and understanding kind of what the, the collaboration patterns are, specifically the successful patterns of collaboration within the healthcare industry. Like, what does that look like? So maybe you could start with like some of your experience, because I know you've worked at a couple of different places. And even while you were still you know, at university uh, that you helped ran a lab, helped manage the lab. And let's talk about some of those experiences and we'll dive into the collaborative aspects. Yeah. Yeah. So I um, started off my career working in a research lab setting. Uh, that was not a medical lab setting. It was a purely academic research lab. Um, and collaboration was it, it seemed a lot simpler um, now that I've had some experience um, in hospital settings and clinic settings. Um, I, the lab setting, it, it seemed like uh, was far less interdisciplinary. Uh, we basically had um, all microbiologists um, 
students and uh, graduate students and um, teachers as well. And it was really easy for us to just pull together as a team and talk about whatever it was that we needed to talk about. But since then, having worked at hospitals and clinic settings and um, uh, advising different health systems and, um, and different provider groups, I have uh, learned that collaboration in the healthcare industry is a lot more com complex um, because we have all these different disciplines coming together. They don't always um, touch the patient journey at the same point, um, but there are things that each team member needs to communicate um, for the, the patient's outcomes, for the patient's safety and um, to ensure that they're receiving the best care that they that they need. Um, so it is it's it's a lot more complicated. And we recognize in, in the healthcare industry that we are um, uh, that it is a complicated system because you've got all these moving pieces, all these people with different professions, different expertise and backgrounds coming together to provide this complicated service. Um, and it a lot can go wrong in that, yeah. um, but luckily a lot goes right too. I sometimes it's amazing to think when you think of like you know where a prescription got wrong or you know, like so you think about like a you know a sick person's journey through healthcare and where something can get wrong or something gets billed incorrectly or sometimes probably the most common thing I experience still like a billing you know issue where I you know I get repeatedly bills for things which insurance should cover and sometimes it's on sometimes it's off the bills that I receive um and and usually if you wait long enough for insurance things to settle out maybe this is just a, you know maybe this doesn't translate globally i don't know about other nations healthcare systems and and that but it just kind of speaks to that so many people that are you know involved in touching those records along the way there's a lot of room for error that's happening you know, maybe a, you know a year from now we'll be having a discussion. There'll be I know that there's some uh, entrepreneurial efforts underway to look at a number of industries and healthcare being one of them and putting like medical records, patient information within the blockchain, which will help with a, a lot of the issues of who touched it last. You know, so you'll have very clear, you know, you'll know and understand and have uh, visibility into who had access, what they modified within that and when, um, you know, maybe that will help answer some of the, some of the issues, but anyway, I know that's a topic for another day. Yeah. Um, I, I personally am excited about that concept, but, um, definitely, uh, know that it's way far out in the future. Yeah. Yeah. So today, so I mean, a lot of people touch the record. So like, what are the primary systems? Are there common systems? Are they unique to like a hospital or a hospital system? The different systems that you use to track all that, all those records and collaborate around a patient? So a health system will typically invest in one type of electronic medical record system, um, most common being Epic or Cerner, which you might have heard of. Um, 
but then patients aren't always fully immersed in one single system. Sometimes they'll see providers or um, physicians outside of a particular health system, or they'll receive um, urgent care services at you know whatever convenient uh, location. And the different um, record systems don't always talk to each other very well. Um, and this is a, uh, a well-known uh, complication, I, I guess, with um, tracking patient records and their utilization of different services. Um, so because of that, you'll get um, health plans who have a lot more um, comprehensive knowledge I guess, of, of patient uh, utilization as, as things are billed. Um, but as far as like medical notes and everything on top of what's actually, what services are billed, like you can, you can have um, all sorts of different records spread out across different systems and they don't necessarily always find a singular provider who uh, ingests all of that information. Um, so, yeah, uh, <laughs> it can make it can make it hard, and it can make it so um, so that patients are overusing services at times, or um, there's gaps in in their care at times as well. Well, it's interesting too. I mean, it, you know, so much that's happening across so many you know every industries is the you know, massive amounts of information that are being captured from all the different tools and, and the cost of storage has been, you know, reduced so much now that, that, you know, organizations are uh, usually just want to save everything because they don't know, Hey, what are we going to lose? Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm not familiar enough with, within the healthcare industry, um, how concerned, uh, you know, in your experience, how concerned people are with, um, you know, life cycle of, of content, of information assets, making sure that we are, you know, that you're deleting information for security or for legal purposes, uh, you know, things like that. Is that something that you ever get involved with? I personally don't have a lot of experience with it, so I couldn't tell you like typical policies for medical records retention. I know that they exist, um, and uh, I I know that we do dispose of records at some point, but I don't know. You're not exactly involved. What those are. Well, yeah, I, we won't you know belabor that at all. But I, so I know that I I'm more interested in talking about more of the cultural aspect of collaboration. So I mean, so how do the various teams work together. We've talked a little bit about, you know, some of the systems. So you have some of those systems. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. And I think the technology is a big component. Um, but as far as like actually in the hospital or in the clinic setting, a lot of times what I, I've seen are, are called interdisciplinary rounds um, where you get representation from all the different teams um, meeting to communicate different things about um, certain patients. And uh, you've got representation there from medicine, you've got your physicians, you've got your uh, nursing staff. Um, I mean, depending on the on the clinic or hospital or whatever type of healthcare setting that you're working in, uh, this type of practice is really common. 
Um, and it's real time, it's face to face, it's people jotting down notes. Um, it's people remembering conversations that they ha they've had with the patient, um, different touch points that they've had with uh, at times different vendors or, or um, whoever else is involved um, in the patient's care, um, whether that be actual like healthcare services or whether it be supportive services as well. Well, there's, I mean, so one of the problems in, in kind of, you know, the modern workplace is losing a lot of that, you know, contextual knowledge, a lot of those side conversations, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that, that, that happens. So, I mean, traditionally uh, in document centric collaboration, you, it, it, unless you are putting all the detail that's possible in those documents, even so, you know, you upload a document into a file management system, and then you have a conversation with your coworker. Oh, yeah, I did this. You know, I should have added that. Or did you include that other process? Well, it's associated there. Well, that other document's in there as well. Well, that workflow is is also documented there. Yeah, but how do you actually, when do you actually kick off the workflow? Yeah, I should probably go update that, or I'll go make a modification of the document. But anyway, what happens is that sitting in a meeting, or in a, a chat, or in a you know, uh, you know, an instant message in between or, or just a hallway conversation, you can have this contextual discussion that's relevant, should be there as part of that record, it should be captured. And it, I mean, in healthcare, it's even more so, even more important. Mm -hmm. Like you talked about those notes. So, you know, yeah. you're having these, these meetings, people are greeting, you're, you're going through and you're, you're basically comparing, well, not basically, literally comparing notes. You know, what was your experience here? What did you see? Uh, you know, and having discussions about those things, possible, you know, uh, approaches to those things. How is that then captured or is it? If it is captured in the medical chart, then it's, it's documented and, it, and it's in there, it's secure. Um, but not all of those notes, especially some of those like personal um, interactions with patients are, are captured. So the medical record is really like, that's your record, um, your more permanent record. But um, something that came to mind as well is not only are we wanting to communicate things and capture everything that we can in between teammates, but uh, we even need to communicate to the patient so the patient knows what's going on and um, we keep track with the patient um, what, what to expect Share for their what visit. They know. Yeah. Yep. Um, so a lot of times, like if you've been to the hospital, a lot of times in your patient rooms, you'll see a whiteboard, um, which is a really non-technical solution. Um, but you'll have teammates who will jot down like your estimated discharge date or jot down like how um, your pain is um, that they'll document from a conversation with the patient or um, different things like that will be documented on the whiteboard and it's not just for the for the teammates um, there but also for the patient yeah so you can see that well i always use the phrase in fact i think i said it twice today is that the more you involve the end user in the process, the employee, the, the patient in the process, the more that they accept 
you know, the result of the process. So if, if mm -hmm. something is a black box to people and a lot of, you know, the healthcare process is a, a, a black box. And I think it, it is, it's partly the patient's fault for just expecting like, oh yeah, doctor, just tell me what's wrong. And then a lot of times the doctors are like, well, tell me what's going on, what you're feeling. And let's try some things to see what will work. And, um, you know, so anyway, so it's, it's a two-way thing. Well, the same way, if it's a black box, if, if the patient has absolutely no idea, and then suddenly like, go do these things, that's where patients push back. That's where employees push back on something. They want to be involved in the process. Even if it's bad news, if you're walking through with bad news, and I don't know, like the method of delivering bad news, but to say, look, it could be several different things. We're testing this thing first. The next step is we're going to go and test this. If that you know goes wrong, then this this will be the third possibility here. We have different options for each one of those things. You present it in that way, and so that people there's transparency to that process. People are more accepting of the results. With you mentioning mentioning that idea of um, transparency, it it made me think of the push for price transparency in healthcare. Mm. Um, for different hospital systems, actually, not just hospitals. I just uh, sorry um, if I could just pessimistically say, you know, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, there, I mean, there's a big push um, to be public with all of the rates, and um, I I think it's that same concept of whether or not it's good news or bad news, like we're wanting at least the consumer to be aware of what things are, are costing. Um, granted, that's a lot more complicated than, than it is to, you can't just post prices because um, it, it gets a little um, Why can't you post? Why? So are you saying because you don't want me to go shop around? <laughs> no, I, I'm going to have my anesthesia at this other hospital, but then I want you to do the surgery here. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's tough because we can post charges. I feel like this is a little bit of a tangent, but yeah. you can you can post the charges, but um, it's not necessarily what what the provider is being paid. Yeah. Yeah. Getting into the, the, the pricing, that's just a just a, what a hot mess yeah um, it's a can of worms it is yeah there's a lot of a lot of issues let's that's why i like just let's get back to your know, people communicating well together what yeah. so what do you think what works really well in my experience i think it works best collaborating works best for the healthcare team when they actually do get to physically get together mm. and share information um things are more likely to be missed if you're transferring information by some other means um well if it's asynchronous mm -hmm. meaning that you know you have people in different locations and you're just well we all have that problem like where you wrote an email you hit mm -hmm. send then you realize you forgot something or maybe yep. the tone didn't come off right. And so it's misinterpreted. I mean, all those kinds of things, all those problems with asynchronous collaboration that we've all had those experiences. No, that's not what yeah. I meant. Or I forgot that other detail. 
with which where had we been there in person talking to each other you may have said don't you mean this other thing oh oh yeah that's what i meant and and you know or you left something off oh yeah and you know so of course i'm painting myself mm-hmm. as the doctor that's forgetting all the key information but i would be the one asking the questions. <laughs> i would remember everything no um yeah but i mean so that's just yeah that's a truism of i think that there you know there are huge benefits to being together to being in person and having those kinds for accurate information so where where the opportunity i think so and oh i was just going to add um and it gives you a chance to escalate issues more quickly oftentimes as well so i think there's a big safety patient safety component to it um you're able to get um troubling information up the chain faster yeah that yeah that escalation path yeah 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 so what what where do you think that there are opportunities for improvement i think the opportunities abound um from like the systems (laughs) from the systems perspective uh anyone somewhat familiar with healthcare technology uh will we'll talk about interoperability. And um, if we're going to be able to transfer records and share information about patients as they jump from system to system, provider to provider, um, that component is key. Um, Transferable information that's ingested by by systems is is a big factor. Um, I think from the services perspective, probably depends on the setting. Uh, with with hospitals, I, I do think rounding is, is a key and making sure that you have all your stakeholders involved, which is hard to do when you have so many um, at rounding at different times of the day. Yep. Um, but at least having each stakeholder represented, I think is is critical for the patients. Yeah, there's nothing yeah. that you've said so far that um, that isn't consistent with any other information worker type roles and some of the, like the, the governance and the coordination efforts that need to happen between individual contributors within teams um, uh-huh. that need to work work together. These are common, common issues. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I'm curious from your perspective, um, like what solutions based off of what I have shared, like what solutions, at least for the teamwork, personal component, uh, what you see working in your conversations? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's like, a, you know, what one size fits all, but I think that there's look at that. I mean, the reality of where we, where we are is that it's, it's not going to be possible to always have all of those stakeholders all together, but mm-hmm. you can, but I think a, having a hybrid model, at least being synchronous, meaning we don't have to physically be in the space, but we have a way to have people in person as well as online participating in those discussions. Like we were talking about before we started recording about, um, 
you know, like the scrums that I used to do with the working with engineering teams and on a daily basis, having stand-up calls where we would whiteboard, uh, there's the whiteboard again, but whiteboard, like, yep. Hey, here's everything we're working on. Here's all of the new requests that came in. What are the priorities? What do we need to, you know, every day reprioritizing based on all the new asks, what's been delivered in the previous day, you know, where we're running into issues that could take longer. So we, you know, suddenly we pull people off a project because we're waiting for the product team to develop something, to build something so that we can move forward with our project. So we're not just going to have those people sit idle. We'll move them over to other places that are the next in the list of priorities. But with all of that, what made that successful, the three companies that I've done that exact strategy uh, is because we were constantly then communicating back to our stakeholders. And in this case, like the patient of here's what's going on. Here's what changed. We had three people working on your project. Here's why we have zero people working on the project. Now, as we wait for this other piece to happen, we're redeploying people over to work on other things to move as much forward as, as quickly as possible. And when we, we're consistent in our application of that process. Sometimes it felt a bit bureaucratic. Like, do we all have to be here? Nothing changed in my projects. Why do I have to be here in person? We, we were doing the in-person force, forcing people that had been on flex schedules to be there daily for this. Um, but it was temporary until we got the process down and we built trust within the organization. So they knew if they threw something at our team that was a new request, that they knew our process that we would go through and thoughtfully review and reprioritize. And that ultimately they would be in agreement of where we prioritize their new request based on everything else that we had. And they knew that our process was we were going through that. Therefore, they let go of that and they trusted when we came back and said, I know you want this in three days. It's going to take us 10. Here's why. Here's what's going on. Here's what you can do to speed that up. And having that kind of conversation was, was useful. So it was that process. Now, how I translate that into like customer conversations that I have now or even what my company does internally, again, it's not a perfect system. We're constantly fine tuning what that looks like, but we have like the case management, you know, system. We use Microsoft Teams. That's our catch-all for those things. We have meeting recordings. We have chat, you know, recordings. We pull people together and are constantly sharing notes and people will then be like, you know, they'll remove them. So they, they'll get into a conversation be like, you know what? I don't need to be here. I'm, you guys got it and remove themselves from that. So it can be very efficient, but we're capturing all of that. So the conversations, the meetings, all the artifacts, the documents, the files, uh, all the contact information is all captured in, in one place. Uh, and then it's, I think it's much like your system where we, we have meetings, where we get together and we work through them, we, we share those. I mean, I, I know there's a lot of things that I can do and throughout my day, I don't feel beholden to have to go and get permission or talk to a bunch of people to get a bunch of work done. But for a lot of things that I do, I, I know that 
we need to collaborate on this. We need to talk through this. Um, we need to agree on the right path, the right approach, so that I can then line up the things that I can go and do and then bring back to the next meeting having achieved. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So we, yeah. we have those scrums. We have those hallway meetings. We talk about what's happening with this partner, what's happening with this product, what's happening with this campaign. Mm -hmm. And that would be just like, you know, and here's what's happening with this patient. Yeah. So it's a combo of tools and people communicating. And mm -hmm. similarly, we're, we're probably not capturing as much of that intellectual property, capturing as many of the, those contextual interactions as we should, we can improve there. Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting when you um, bring up like that, the importance of like still connecting on the off, off the books types of interactions um, and better capturing those still. It just made me think of the growing interest in digital health and how important that will still be yeah. for, for whoever is on the other end of that, that video chat or that phone call um, interacting with the patients. It's important for them to still stay connected with um, the broader healthcare team, whoever that might be, depending on the service, um, so that we aren't just creating more silos, more segregation of yeah. different entities not talking to each other. I've been thinking too, is it, I, I try to remember time frame. Like I always, I go back and like, where, where were we living when I remember I had this? And it was early 2000s. I think it was right after. So we moved to, from California to Washington state in 2004. And I think it was during that 2004, 2005. So it was when I started doing my week-long commute to Utah from Washington, doing consulting, was out on the road. I remember reading an article and talking with somebody about a push to create, uh, to give patients more control of their records and creating this concept of like a universal patient record. Like, I have no idea what the technology and what the scope was mm -hmm. that they were talking about, but is that something that's still talked about now? It's like creating that? Because I've heard that in the blockchain circles, like that, that discussion, but I've not really heard it talked about elsewhere other than a long time ago. Is that something that's still yeah. discussed? Uh, it, I would not say it's a huge topic right now, hmm. um, at least with at least the, the circles that I'm in um, and the reading that I do, articles that I see. Um, but I, I have read some on that concept and I think there's a bigger focus on creating interoperability for existing systems rather than recreating right. something else that is universal. Well, you have to work with what you have today. I mean, that would mm -hmm. be you know, massive cost to, to go yeah. and replace and displace that with something, you know, net new. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, it's, uh, I mean, it's a, just a completely different way of thinking and training you know, working with that record. If that record then comes with the person, with the patient and you mm -hmm. interact with it, that 
it would have to be truly universal because of all the different places that a patient could take their record to and all of yep. those other systems that interoperability would all still have to be there. Absolutely. Well, it's interesting. Well, this is, I, you know, I, I don't want to you know, drone on about this. I, it, it's good to get a perspective of how this stuff works. I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated by, by this. I mean, I, I'd love to, you know, be a fly in the wall and sit in the, in, in the business office section of a large hospital and just observe and see the types of interactions and, and what's going on. I, I realize that some, because we have, my company has a lot of patients that are, you know, healthcare companies on the tech side, as well as hospital systems that use like Microsoft 365 and they purchase our, you know, the IT team purchases our software for, you know, help with migration and change management for the ongoing administration and retention and compliance and kind of all those other things. Um, so I know that there's a lot of it within that space. It'd be interesting to do more of a deep dive into and understand how specifically they're improving on these, these areas. So I might, I might come back to you uh, and uh, we might, might, do a little uh, research on some of our existing case studies and customers. And uh, we may have to explore that a little bit more. Maybe we'll workshop it odds. Maybe we'll, <laughs> we'll go through, we'll re review that. So anyway, that's the benefits of the father daughter relationship is that um, you're super busy and you've got two little kids and a husband and a full-time job. Uh, but I can still, harass you to no end to help me on my completely unrelated to either of our day jobs uh interesting topic so i can do that <laughs> you'll say dad please stop and i can just ignore that and keep asking you questions and i'm good with that i'm comfortable in that understanding that we have <laughs> you're okay with interrupting my of relaxing course. of course unwinding time of course <laughs> I have zero yeah. issue with that. So, hey, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to provide some insight there. So, uh, so anything else that you want to share? Anything else that uh, you know people want to find out more about you? I mean, I know that you're out on LinkedIn. Um, where are you the most active out on social? I'd say LinkedIn. I am just now starting to get into Twitter some more. I've had Twitter for a long time and recently have started tweeting and trying to get more involved there. If you start to have yeah. emotional issues and I'll, I'll know it was Twitter. <laughs> the cesspool. Yeah. Is this, it correlation or wrapped. causation though, dad? It's just, it's a, it's a, I, there's, you know what? Hey, that's a talking about social networking and the negative effects of social networking. And, and as you know, I mean, I've been in social networking technology and networking science for most of my career. So I have a little more depth than the average user in this. It's not surprising at all that Twitter is so negative. Um, but again, that's a topic for another day. But anyway, yeah, I, another I, day. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, though, I, I would say I, I think we're just brushing the surface on some of these topics, healthcare topics. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm open to chatting with anybody about, um, healthcare. That's my passion. I'm interested in technology as well. So I, I'm excited that at the chance to talk to you, dad, and, and make some more connections too in the tech industry. 
um, because I think the intersection of health and tech is, is growing. And uh, I think there's a lot of potential for innovation uh, using concept, concepts from both, um, as well as the technology. You know, I'd really prefer in this professional setting that you call me Mr. Buckley. I just very unprofessional <laughs> of you to do that. <laughs> Mr. Dad. Yeah, Mr. Dad. The best I got. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, um, well, have a great rest of your evening. Thank you for uh, guesting on my podcast here, and uh, we'll let you get back to your family and do your unwind time. So, thank you. Been a pleasure. You've been listening to the Collab Talk podcast. New episodes are published every Friday, and you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and most other podcast services. Thanks for listening. Hungry for more great content? You have to check out the Shift Happens podcast. I'm your host, Dux Raymond Sai, Chief Brand Officer at AppPoint. And I sit down to chat with top business leaders and IT professionals about their most challenging modern workplace projects. Tune in to hear real-life advice from industry peers on making plans and pivots, casual conversations exploring the latest trends in collaborative Microsoft 365 technology, and easy, actionable strategies to make organizational change happen. Subscribe to the Shift Happens podcast today, available on all major platforms. Can't wait to see you there. Shift Happens Podcast. <laughs>